Philadelphia. We're back after a big Eagles win. My name is Dave DiOrio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are the crown jewels of this podcast. What's up, Gene and Chuck? Hey, Dave. It's uh, Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak, and you can find me napping through the 1 o'clock games today. The the Eagles were successful in their game in London, (laughs) as decried by the Queen of England. I love that it has now gone full on Monty Python. (laughs) I was thinking Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) God save the Queen, no. God save our season today. Because Uh without a win today, this conversation would be very different going into a bye week. Very different. Very different. It's amazing how, you know, one win can really change a mindset. But, you know, I feel I feel great. I feel a lot happier than I did last week. I felt I feel as good about this season as I have in three weeks. Um, no, the big win against a team that might be good in Jacksonville, but I don't care. A, a win is a win is a win. I think we finally found a team that might have a worse secondary than we do because Carson Wentz just picked them apart, which I really appreciated. And uh, there was a lot of talk from the, the the talking heads through the week because they were basically saying that you know, oh, it's a home game for Jacksonville. They play so well in London. Um, so it was really great, first of all, to hear how well the Eagles fans traveled. You could tell watching the game that there were a ton of Delco's finest just all over <laughs> Wembley. Um, well, I don't know about you, but my my Facebook feed was filled with a bunch of people that were there, and I was like, yeah, I didn't me had too. No idea yeah. you guys even had um, the means exactly uh, <laughs> to travel to other continents. <laughs> no, I mine was the same. I was going to say I, I know, I'd say probably a dozen, probably like a dozen people who are, who were there in groups of like three or four different groups of friends and. And you heard them. You heard them loud and clear on the TV. That was an Eagles home game. And I love this bar they keep showing on on the news. This Philly bar in in London. It's what is it like, Pashunk? Yeah, Pashunk Ave. Yeah, uh, you go to London. I, look, I get it, but you're gonna go to London and have a cheesesteak. That that's seems not like a, totally a dumb a thing, thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, although, of... I, although I'm not sure what you have to compare it to over there. It may be the best thing over there. It's the finest boiled cheesesteak you'll find. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, so how was it? What uh, what was your experience this morning? Did you did, like it's not part of our normal routine. We're creatures of habit. We had to miss church. Ooh, got really silent there. Like no one wants <laughs> to like fess up to like like missing church. We made green yeah. eggs in our house. Yeah. Did you and ham or no? Why we had bacon? <laughs> Did the bacon That's... get green from like the bleed over? No, no, the bacon was just regular. I just put a little couple drops of the old food dye in the scrambled eggs for the kid for the kiddos and me. So I, I my morning kind of went like this. The alarm went off at ten after nine, and I stumbled downstairs and sat on the couch for like the next four hours. Um, 
and that was you know kind of my routine i will say that it was nice as as it was winding up to be like wow i have my whole day ahead of me and i'm not waiting for a football game tonight that's going to keep me up really late like my football game is done i can go and do other things uh so i was actually kind of excited about that i don't think i would get used to it i don't think i want this to become the norm i would really prefer them not to play in london ever again uh if i had my <laughs> say if i get a vote if uh you know but uh yeah so that was kind of I, I wish i had more interesting things to say but that was just a basic thing so yeah so i disagree gene i i won a london game every year i love the you know football for breakfast you know, unlike you, uh, I have kids, so I don't set an alarm. Um, got up with them at like six fifteen, and you know, uh, Sunday my wife sleeps in, so kept them entertained, put on the football, and it was great to, you know, potentially have a full day of it. The whole time the Eagles game was going on, I'm like thinking, like, you know. When the kids get a little older, if we have another one of these games, I hypothetically can watch, you know, four football games in a row. You know, just, you know, spend a whole day watching football. Your team's game is done. You know, Eagles won, so you want to watch more football. I I loved it. I I want a team in London tomorrow. I want there to be games, you know, starting in the early morning, Every week. Well, we're not going to get another London game um, next year, but we can we can self-manufacture that, Chuck. If you and I want to hop on a flight, we'll go to the Western time zone Saturday. We'll stay over, get up early, watch the Eagles on Sunday, fly back. Yeah, the gaming sounds- system is that not – that doesn't count. It sounds like a really practical plan. <laughs> All right, whatever. So, so if we're going to have a London team – I mean, if we're going to, that's not going to happen. That's not going to, but if we did, would, would you, would you want one of the franchises to move there or do you want a brand new team? And what would you name them? Like, what would you call them? The, the, I don't know. The, what are the, the, the Knights of, of Wren or something? I don't know. Weren't they the Knights of Wren? Weren't they the London Monarchs in like some sort of world football league? The world, the, the. World Football League of American Football or something? Wasn't the World they... League of American Football. I knew that there was some combination Wait, of those. Wait, exa- that's what it was called? The World League of American Football? Yes. Yeah, and no. they had a team from New Jersey, of all places, also in the World oh, the League Knights. of American Football. Yeah, the New York, New Jersey Knights. And the, the Orlando it's the, Thunder. It's the only New York team I've ever rooted for in anything ever because they were playing, like, Barcelona or Birmingham, one of the teams from Europe. And I was like, well... Screw those people. They're from Europe. I'll cheer for America. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it back home to the birds, though. And let's talk about our boy, Carson Wentz. Woo. What a day. What a day. Three what a first quarter. What a first quarter. No. Oh, the first quarter was a... So that brings up an interesting point. Uh, Carson Wentz, seven fumbles in six games. Are we worried? 30 out of 35, I think, is an even weirder number. What's that? Thirty out of thirty-five. What? Oh, thirty fumbles. Thirty in fumbles games? in thirty-five games. Oh, you go larger sample size. Yeah, but I Look think that you. like the 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 math kind of like still makes me a little seasick when you hear. Yeah. You know, so he's good for one a game. Basically, good for one a game. Yeah. I I'm, don't know. I'm okay with that, given everything else he gives us, and it, he's still a really young guy. He can improve. 
you know, the, you know, this off season, all he was doing was recovering. He can't improve, you know, holding on to the football. So I think in the future, you know, he can, he can do that scene from, uh, what, <laughs> Oh, what was that movie where the guy had to walk around holding the football and the, coach? Oh, I think it was the program, the program. Exactly. That's where they all lay down say, in the street. Yep. I think I was that was one of the FSU, things that we would watch but... to really get fired up when we would go and play TV film was was that was I think was on the schedule. Yeah, Uh-oh. it was that yep. and Varsity Blues. I think those were the two films that really got <laughs> us jazzed. Dude, remember when we laid down on the uh, on the center line of uh, what is it Center Center Valley Road? Yeah, and no cars came. Right, and then we were <laughs> like, oh, this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wait, first quarter though. What what about the um the deflected pass that Wentz caught and then ran for the first down? That was that was an awesome play. That's that one of those plays that you end up seeing kind of like last year there was a play against Washington where he he disappeared in a pile of people and then reemerged and threw a 30-yard touchdown or 40-yard touchdown. I feel like that's the equivalent is that play is the the pass to himself. I feel like no matter where this season goes, when we get to the end, whether it's in January or February or whatever, when you see the highlight package, that's going to be in the top 10 plays of Carson Wentz's year. You mentioned you think like that. You really do think like that when you watch a play sometimes. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm like, I think this one's going to stand the test of time. I know it's only week eight, but I feel like that's it's going to make the editor. top 10. But that's true. I think that's why I'm like, oh, that's, that's good copy. We're going we're gonna to pin that one. All right, so are these two things, these turnovers and these crazy plays that we see from Carson? I mean, that's the that's the duality of the gunslinger, right? That's the guy. Yeah, I mean, is it the equivalent of like a Brett Favre to God knows where interception? You know, is it when you have a guy that kind of takes risks, either he's going to – is it because – I think one of the things is Carson Wentz sometimes holds the ball too long. He's trying to make a play. He's looking downfield, and – the pass protection just starts to break down. And if I'm a defensive line coach, I'm telling my guys, you always have to hand have your hands up and be trying to go for the ball. Because Carson Wentz sometimes will literally just put it in a defender's hand. Some of these fumbles are literally him rearing back and just throwing it into a defender's hand, and it comes it becomes a fumble. Uh, he, he It's because he's trying to use every possible second of time to get somebody free. Or... You know, he's scrambling around, and, and, and he has a kind of a loosey-goosey way of carrying the ball sometimes. You'll see him with the ball out front, and you're going to get stripped sometimes, and you'll, you'll see him, him lose a ball that way. That 30-for-35 number, I don't know that that includes fumbles that he's recovered. I think it's just he's, those are fumbles. I think it does. Dropped. Yeah, so, but like he said, you kind of kind of take the good and the bad with him. Though I think the problem this year is some of them have been in the worst possible times yeah, to lose a well, fumble. That's or or really they're hard. when we needed him the most, and he knows that, right? Yeah, because he doesn't make bad decisions with his passes. He had he had the first interception he's he's had in almost two hundred passes today. So that's like three games yeah. worth of of football that he hasn't thrown an interception. And to a certain degree, I feel like as a quarterback. Your job is to not throw the ball away. You know, that's like your primary because you're, you know, you're the passer. You really have to keep the interceptions low. If your touchdown to interception ratio is good, I feel like that's that's the money stat for quarterbacks. Because fumbles lost does not does not figure into quarterback rating, I don't think. Well, that's um and when we compare Wentz to, you know, a Brett Favre. 
the, that's the difference, right? So Favre always believed he could fit it in the window or place it in the spot. That's not Wentz's hubris. No. Wentz thinks he can extend, extend, extend. I got one more second. I can, I can look for one more hole. And he's got a real problem just saying, okay, there's nothing here. I'm going to eat, I'm gonna it, eat or it or mm-hmm. chuck or it. Throw it to chuck the – to somebody you know throw it where nobody can get it yep uh when we look at the receiving core today uh man jordan matthews really had a breakout game today. was he playing tight end today was, was he playing tight end usually that's who gets all the passes <laughs> yeah well the tight ends had a great game um dallas goddard had that awesome uh touchdown pass uh, yeah, reception. and, and it was like a, it was thirty yards. Yeah, and it was in the the spot you needed it most. Just, and he really was able to put a move there. I guess like at the ten or the eight to to finish and get in and not have to worry about us trying to, uh, you know, squeeze it in. Every, you know, three plays. You know, from the goal line. So I appreciate the extra effort to to score on the play. Yeah, that was right at the end of the first half, and that was kind of huge because. We were kind of going down a path that we didn't want to go down towards the end of the towards the end of the first half. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty massive. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this was the first game in a while that I remember that uh, we ended up not being able to get the second half kickoff. Um, sometimes, it, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, yeah, but um, but Jordan Matthews, four receptions, ninety three yards. On five targets, that's – oh, man. Yeah, I guess – I think the uh, the Jags' philosophy was we're going to take away Ertz, we're going to take away Jeffrey as much as possible. Yeah, because Jeffrey's um, had a pretty quiet day. Go. Jeffrey's had a pretty quiet day. Yeah, I think he had one – I think he only had one reception. But, I remember I one mean, along the sideline that was a tough catch. Maybe he had another one, but I don't he remember. He had four, but only 35 yards for him. So Yeah, so they were um, little shorties. Yeah. And Goddard only had that one catch. Uh, Ertz, only, wow. Ertz only 26 yards today. That's that's down for him, huh? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> like I think he still had three catches though, which keeps him kind yeah. of you know in in the ballpark for that record. And he had another way touchdown, off, way ahead of the pace. Yeah, and another touchdown. Yeah, and I think that um, uh, who had the who had the the jet sweep? One of the other receivers had that jet sweep. Aguilar, Aguilar had a jet sweep that was like that was late in the game, wasn't late it? Late in the game for a big first down. Um. I really like, and they were talking on the broadcast that that's the kind of play they like to run for Sproles, and that they oh, yeah, they may kind of that. see uh, Aguilar kind of stepping into that Sproles role. Do you think we may throw in kind of a wildcat formation for Aguilar? You know that play looks great when it works. I just don't. I don't know how often it works. I feel like that play gets stopped an awful lot. It, but yeah, maybe. And sometimes it, it feels like Doug Peterson's version of the Andy Reid wide receiver uh, screen. You know what I mean? That you know, Andy oh, Reid step back a yard, step and... back a yard, and throw, and then Andy Reid would then the guy would then gain a half yard. You know, <laughs> and he used to try to run that in the first quarter about seven times. <laughs> oh my god, terrible! Uh, the running backs today. I mean, really, the only story here is Josh Adams. I thought Wendell Small would look good again. Did he? I mean, he had that nice touchdown. Well, and he uh, also had another like ten yard run that was pure like gut. Uh, that was got a, got us a first down late in the game too. I like the I way think... that we ran the ball in the second half today. 
Well, that's what I was just going to say. I feel like the biggest story, I mean, uh, outside of, you know, uh, Adams, uh, you know, carrying the ball the majority of the time was the fact that we actually ran it. You know, the fact that I wasn't, you know, screaming at the TV. It's like, oh, for the love of God, run the ball occasionally. It felt like the running game was fairly well utilized. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all, all three of those guys, well... Yeah, I mean, we had about 15, about 20 running plays. Uh, a couple more if you include the the Wentz scrambles, uh, which aren't, you know, really called runs. Um, but, yeah, I think that there was a sort of spread the wealth mentality. Josh Adams kind of emerged as the one who was like, okay, I'm I'm the guy today. Uh, Smallwood had, I think, a better game through the air than, yeah. than on the ground. Yeah, he had a couple of receptions. He's a good little um, yeah, but Josh receiver. Adams. Well, the thing I wanted to bring up about Josh Adams is, is like he had the, the fumble bugaboo, all through preseason, and it 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 almost struck again at the end of the game, really in the most inopportune time. And I, it was like, oh, this is going to ruin this breakout game for him. Not a breakout game, but just kind of like a, a solid game from him. And the fumble at the end of the uh, yeah. towards the end of the fourth quarter that yeah. got overturned because right I mean Bear like literally an ass hair right on the ground yeah he was down he was <laughs> when that down, ball got down by loose. contact or whatever they call yeah yeah so I mean between Wentz being good for one a game if he's going to be good for one a game I mean how many turnovers are we going to be comfortable with overcoming well our problem is that our basis? our defense is not getting turnovers although we got a big one today right. Yeah, I think Maddox knocked one loose and Jenkins recovered it. And Maddox looked really like he really kind of flashed today. You know, it seems like there's somebody every week out of the secondary. There was a, a couple weeks ago it was Darby. Um it feels like there's somebody out of the out of the secondary every week lately that's kind of flashed. And if we could get them to all have a good game together, we could probably shut down a receiving core. Um you know, it didn't feel like Jacksonville had that burner that really is our hit, our Achilles heel today. And Blake Bortles, talk about a guy who is inconsistent. He's not quite Eli Manning right now inconsistent, but Blake Bortles did not look like the kind of guy that you would rely on to make a play down the stretch. He looked like a guy who no. just wasn't sure what to do with the ball sometimes, honestly. Well, his own team doesn't doesn't really have his back, so I mean... How, that whole, how can you have that whole team seems like it's in bad shape. I don't think it's quite in bad shape the way that uh, like the Raiders are. But, you know, they had four guys get arrested for a fight on Saturday night for not paying their bill. The, the, oh, man, how did I not even have that on the on our agenda to the talk old, about? That? The old dine no, and they, dash. they tried to do a little dine and dash. Yeah, the old dine and dash. That never works. Somebody's going to put your name up in the your list of names up in the locker room to guilt you into going back to the restaurant to pay that bill. And it was like a $24,000 bill or 24, something. 24,000 pound. 24,000 pound. Oh. So more. Well, that makes it worse, yeah, by that the makes way. makes it more. That's why, I, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Yeah, before Brexit is finalized, that's real money. Yeah, uh -huh. as we talked about, you know, it wasn't Jay Jai showing the Eagles around. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars who are all too familiar with being visiting <laughs> London. They're getting into the, uh, the 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 seedy underbelly. Yeah, getting into business. They they're on Nocturne Alley, <laughs> getting freaky, <laughs> getting freaky on Nocturne Alley. There's your episode title, by the way. <laughs> getting freaky on Nocturne Alley. <laughs> 
I feel like that's going to really draw people in. <laughs> yeah. A whole bunch of disappointing Harry Potter fans. All right. <laughs> hey, so let's it's, talk about the offensive line for a second because, all right, so uh, they were under assault today. So uh, 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 Kelsey gets knocked out of the first the first play of the game. First play of the not, game. Not in the crown jewels, in the family jewels. Right, yeah. That was unfortunate, limping off the field. <laughs> And that was just the beginning of it. And I think um, he had to like kind of hobble himself into the into the injury tent. God only knows what happened when he got in there. Oh jeez. Reverse concussion protocol. Yeah. <laughs> uh Peters what did, what happened to Peters? He got hit in the jaw. And he had to go through concussion protocol. Yeah, he was happened? another one. Yeah, he he I thought he he should have probably got, somebody should have gotten called for like hands in the face or something because it it looked like he actually caught an uppercut or something or, or it was yeah, one of those kind of things, but I don't know that there was a penalty called on the play. But yeah, no, no he had a wasn't. concussion protocol too. And uh Lane Johnson, this is sort of the big one cuz he had the high ankle sprain for the last few weeks that was kind of keeping him out of practice, but he's been able to play most of the time. Um, but he has a sprained uh, MCL. Yeah, that's not good. And it's a partial yeah. tear, I think, is what they said. They're saying it's oh, going to really? be a month. There's, they, they said that be, because, yeah, I don't know if it's – but it's not complete maybe. I don't know if it's the kind of thing that they can go in with, like, a scope and kind of put it back together or if it's going to heal on its own. Um, yeah, but they're saying at least a month, I think. Yeah, I saw that same. I think Shefty said uh, around a month. The uh, the bye week. Could Fortunately, not have come a bye week. Time. Yeah, the bye week could not have come in a better time for this team. It it's that offensive. I feel like they got to go on audition guys in the parking lot at the link to, you know, every fat guy in South Philly's got to come down and be like, which one of you can protect Carson Wentz? Yeah, can we focus <laughs> on names that are easy to pronounce um, as we move forward? <laughs> yeah, all Irish guys. O'Brien go. Myers. <laughs> Shaughnessy, all you guys, you're pushing three hundred pounds Chuck, because you have illegal hands to the face every play. <laughs> I mean, I have the fat part down, I have the Irish part down, but being good at football, uh, that's the only thing holding me back from this plan. So did our rugby guy get in today? What is his uh, Jordan Malata? Malata? Did he actually get some 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 snaps? Or is I mean I feel like he's going to have to get called up out of if he's on the practice squad. I feel like he's going to have to get reps during the bye week to get ready. I feel like we're yeah. we're going to need him. I, this team, I don't know. I don't know that you can give them off uh, for a week here. No, no, you can't give them a whole week. Especially, do you know what we have coming out of the bye week? Dallas. It's Dallas week. We got to be ready. Means it's Dallas two weeks. Dallas two weeks. Sometimes that's, I feel like that's dangerous. Two weeks of getting hyped for a Dallas game, and we need to win. Like this is not just like your your you know your typical like one of us is terrible, one of us is good. Like no, this is yeah. Like this is both of us are really seriously still in this hunt for the the um the division, and it's our first chance to see their new wide receiver. Uh, I feel like we got to really get ourselves up for the Dallas game. Yeah, I feel like by the time that game comes, I'm going to be like a caged gorilla waiting to like bust out. We're going to have to get together for that game, I think. Yeah, the I have to say, the bye week is maybe my least favorite week of the NFL season. I, ugh, there is uh, nothing sucks. I hate more than the, the bye week. Uh, let's talk about some defense stuff. Um, end of the first half, interesting play came up where uh, Jacksonville had a third and 21. I think it was. It was long, yeah. Third and twenty-two, uh, I think. And they were on. They were basically on. 
the Jacksonville side of the 50 when that play started. I think they were on the 48. And, you know, um, uh, Schwartz does this thing on these third and longs where he tells everyone to kind of, like, back up to the – Pack up to the line. The first, yeah, the first down marker, and just he like, leaves don't let basically get past it. ten yards in the middle of the field. So we essentially allowed Jacksonville free access to three points on that play. That wasn't the fifty-seven yarder, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what. It okay. Was. Well, I feel like if you can force them into a fifty-seven-yard field goal, I feel like your odds are pretty good. Uh, but to your point, that is stereotypical of jim johnson uh jim johnson oh god rest his soul um that is stereotypical of the way we play long third downs right now i don't like it it feels kind of passive yeah i agree uh it is kind of passive and i don't know what the success rate is it seems like okay you need you need you know 12 we're gonna give you 10 and then try to stop you for the last two. Well, and like, on on that point, of, and in that part of the field, in today's NFL, with the way that coaches have kind of started to mimic Doug, if you give up enough yards that it puts it into like a fourth and five, fourth and six on that side of the field, that's not a guarantee that they're going to kick. That's not right. a guarantee that they're going to kick. So you got to kind of try and keep them in a situation where you're still forcing them to kick the field goal or or punt. And I feel like you can't be on your heels. I feel like anytime you're playing defense on your heels, you're making a mistake. It's the same reason why I hate in the fourth quarter when a defense goes into that shell. Uh, I can't stand prevent defenses. I, I don't see the point in them when you're going to give up. You're willing to give up that much yardage uh, to try and stop a touchdown, I guess. I, I just I feel like it's passive. Yeah, Jacksonville at the end of that play wound up with a fourth and six from our 39. And I don't know if you're feeling frisky. Um, that's a good spot to gamble. That's yeah. a classic spot where Doug goes for it. Like that has got fourth and Doug written all over it. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, fifty-seven yard field goal is pretty dicey. Um, a punt would be kind of. You're basically going to put yourself on the twenty. You know what I mean? So you you go for it there. Yep. Yep. That's a Doug special right there. Mm-hmm. And um, and more and more coaches are finding like that. That's their mindset. Fortunately, you got a total freaking coward in uh, who's the coach <laughs> for Jacksonville. It's not Gus Bradley anymore, right? No, no, no. Uh, Doug Marone or something? Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I feel like an idiot. I don't know his name. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, Doug, our Doug, called him out in the offseason about his play calling against the Patriots wasn't aggressive enough. Right. Basically incentivizing Doug or giving Doug the idea of how to play them in the Super Bowl. You know, the whole I would never – I would never make a decision like that. You know, I'm going to go for it if I ever get the opportunity. Got the opportunity. Right. Worked out. Um, so there's a couple of decisions at the end of this game where I think Doug's comments actually played an impact. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, before we get to that, Nigel Bradham's personal foul. Which was lame. Oh. It wasn't even lame. It was just incorrect you know lame is like ticky tacky that was because they were saying it was a shot to the head and he was he he was nowhere near his head right that's the only reason you can yeah he did a complete eject from uh his tackle motion uh to to save poor blake from any injury poor poor blake (laughs) but i mean i I, there's no it's difficult for me to imagine a an instance where someone has been more 
I, I don't know. It was, just, it was just like it was a penalty. It was I? I think I said in the text that it was criminal. Yeah. No, it's it was a terrible call. Terrible call. Yeah, it's what you. It, it's the prime example of how to pull up from a hit. Right. You they know, should come, show that literally in locker rooms as to how to tackle quarterbacks now. Yeah. Like he, he's coming down and Bortles. You know, uh, in in the NHL, they always talk about like a uh, player putting themselves in a position. You know, a vulnerable position. Bortles did it with the slide. You know, I know sliding is supposed to, you know, keep you safe and all, but the timing of it, he put himself in position to get hit in the head. And we adjusted, smacked him right in the, the chest. That that you know was the perfect. NFL, yeah, you know how the NFL fines guys for, you know, these kinds of hits? I think they should give Nigel Bradham a bonus. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, good job. He should Sorry. get he should get we somebody who you. did hit a quarterback in the head. He should get their fine. That's how it should I work. I love that idea. If you know, you, not for nothing, but I feel like Wentz got, took a late hit in the first quarter. He definitely did. I know what play you're talking about. Yeah, number 44. I don't know his number. And Wentz kind of just got up and looked over to the ref, and the ref kind of just was like, whatever. And the ref and the uh, the announcer made some sort of like passive comment like, oh, and Wentz took a hit there from you know whoever it was. Um, but didn't go so far as to say it should have been a flag, but I felt like it was late hit, but I didn't want to be a baby about it. Complain. What do you think of the NFL Network's uh, presentation? Were you a fan? I felt like they did some things that were a little different than your normal network's presentation. Um, I felt, it felt crowded. It felt really yeah. crowded. That's a very good, that's, that's the only thing I could really describe. It felt like I was constantly having to hear from somebody else. But it wouldn't be watching a football game if I didn't have to listen to a Dallas Cowboy calling most Ugh. of it. <laughs> Even in England. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at the end of the game, uh, I, I, so Jacksonville was down on our, what, five? And they were kind of um, faced with a decision whether they should maybe go for it on fourth to because they needed a field goal and a touchdown. Right, they were um, down. They made eight. the decision to because they had the missed a two point conversion there. at some point, right? They did. Yeah. They, it was seventeen to twelve at one right. point. Yeah. Um. So I think down on that five year, I think if you were being really aggressive, you would have gone for the touchdown there, um, and just kind of make make that. But they decided to kick the field goal, which I feel was sort of a an undug move. Right. And then I'd say that's the when, conventional move. And then when Jacksonville got the ball back later, I mean, then they were going for fourth downs like crazy, like right. at, at midfield with, you know, a decent amount of time left and some and some timeouts in their pocket. So, I mean, talk about playing all the wrong notes. I feel like they were going for it on fourth when they shouldn't be, and they, they decided to not go for it when they should. Um, and I think Doug coached a, a, called a good game today, and I, I, I don't think he got out coached today. No, I think that this was a good example of Co- of uh, Coach Peterson kind of like learning from his mistakes and putting himself. He he put as as Andy Reid would say, he put his players in a good position to win today. I don't think he did anything necessarily flashy. There wasn't any like signature. Here's your Doug moment where he he pulled something out of God knows where. I think he was consistent. He used balance. And I think that he led the team into uh, a, like a lot of, like I said, really good positions to win the game. All right. Um, Pickadelphia. Woohoo. All right. If you watched our YouTube video or our Facebook clip, 
uh, you got to see our uh, our picks for the week. So if you haven't done so already, please uh, visit us on YouTube and subscribe there as well because you can get some bonus content sporadically placed. And we'll let you know when we do that. Uh, but Pickadelphia, well, we all at least go one and one because we all picked the Eagles. Yeah, I think that we all felt that this was kind of a, I don't want to say do or die, but it felt real close to that. As close oh, to yeah. week eight as it has in a while. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so then where do we go from there? So Chuck, you picked the you picked on the Giants. I did. And took the Redskins and you were handsomely rewarded. Oh yeah, it wasn't even close. I don't know what I don't know what Vegas was thinking with that line. It was like yeah. two and a half, right? It was, it was one. one. They everybody was... kept saying trap game, trap game, trap game, trap game. The Giants suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna trap no one. Yeah, they they can trap you all they want. They can't do anything when you're <laughs> once in the you, trap. Once you got, once you, they've got you, they. <laughs> it was such a curious line that I was convinced the Giants were going to win the game. Yeah, no, I think it caused people to stay away from it. Yeah, I think so. It's, I don't know, tricky Vegas. You're so tricky, tricky. Gene, who did you pick this week? I took uh, the Patriots, which we won't find out about oh, until tomorrow. Right, right, right. Um, and I took the Vikings, who are getting smashed right now. So we could basically call that. An L for me. See, I thought that game was going to be way close. I think New Orleans is a better team than we think. Well, it's, it's not over by any means. I think there's still about 10 minutes left, but it's 30 to 13. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. But it's pretty much pretty much over. Um, all right. Where do we go now? Okay. So do, what do we think? What do we think Howie's going to do? The trade deadline's what, Tuesday? Yeah, it's this week. What do we want him to do? I feel like you have to at least kick the tires on an offensive line. I think that you have to try and find oh. an, a, a, somebody's got to have somebody somewhere because you may need to bring up your your guy from the practice squad. So you might just need a body that can come in and be, you know, ready to go. You know, you may not be able to get something good. That's not going to be the sexy thing that he does. But I think that that's something that if you're if you're smart and how he I think has proved that he's he's pretty on the ball with this sort of thing. I feel like you got to go out and take a look for an offensive lineman. Prefer, I think you need a guard. I don't think you're going to find a tackle, but I'd really like to see them go and grab an extra guard. Fuck anything. I, 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 I would just like them to add a piece. There's several points in need. You know, be it in the secondary, be it in the uh, offensive line, or a, another offensive weapon. I would just like to see. You know how we make the decision to uh, improve the team. So I I don't have a particular wish list. I just want something. I don't think they need to go and find a running back. I, like, I really no, don't think that that's I agree the with you. I, I agree Because with anybody who's worth spending anything on is going to be too expensive. And somebody I was reading about made a really good point. If you start trading away like your second-round pick or a fourth-round pick – Two players that were picked in the last year's draft, Dallas Goddard, second-round pick. Uh, Maddox, fourth-round pick. Are those the kind of guys you didn't want on your field playing today? Those, those are valuable picks. You can't trade draft picks in the NFL the way you, you do in some other leagues. Those first four rounds, those are going to be people that are going to be playing for your team in most cases next year. So you have to be very careful how you, you, you toss those out. I don't if, want... you have a few, if you have a few fourth-rounds, round picks it lets you take some chances and it gives you some wiggle room to to miss yeah sometimes you can take like you know a, a guy that 
maybe some other people would would avoid for whatever reason. You know, maybe they're a, or a kicker. Yeah, or a kicker. Sure. Um, I want Deshaun Jackson. So do I. I want D Jacks back. I would just yeah, I'd just, love I, to see him back. I just think he's got that swagger. Um, that would that I think we would enjoy. I just miss the dude. And don't you feel like he was never as popular as he was when he played for us? You know what I mean? Like, he went off to Washington. He went to Tampa Bay. But don't you feel like when he played for the Eagles, he was a star? You know what I mean? I just feel like he had a different kind of, like, like a brighter light on him. And maybe it's because we just watched him every year. But, you well, know. it's because he was playing in the playoffs when he was on our team. That's true, too. <laughs> I mean, you know, what are you going to do? But, but yeah, hey, depending on the price, I would really like Deshaun Jackson. I think it would do a lot for that. Could you imagine? I mean, Deshaun Jackson on one side, Jeffrey on the other side. You got Aguilar back in the slot. Matthews every now and again. I feel like that like instantly form. makes us a much better receiving core. I mean, the running backs would have more room. He's like one of those guys that just frees up everything just because he can run fast, you know? Yeah. The the just real quick as an aside, did you see that uh, Fitzmagic? He's going to be back. back. Yeah, Fitzmagic's <laughs> coming back. That that's a circus in Tampa Bay. <laughs> that is a three ring circus. That team has got problems. I'm so mad that we lost to them. I'm so mad because they they're a circus. They're a cutter, man. Get get a get a rain on it. Screw man. those guys. I hate Tampa Bay. <laughs> Ever since that freaking interception in the vet. Oh, screw Ugh. that team. Hey, man, we got him back right where it hurts with the with the Rays. Yeah, we did get him back right where it hurts. <laughs> all eight Rays fans were like, no. <laughs> oh, Philly. All right. Enough Eagles talk. Let's talk about how we're going to fire our coach, fire our GM, fire all the players on the Flyers. Right, Chuck? That's happening. 24 hours from now, there'll be no no personnel left on the Flyers. Well, if you if you go to Flyers Twitter, that is what everyone's calling for. They, I was going to ask you what the what, what the temperature was. Oh, it is blazing hot. They, <laughs> they are calling for a bloodletting. So thought, the Islanders are terrible, right? They're real bad. I, um, I think they're technically better than us right now. <laughs> um, they're, that's not the question I asked. <laughs> they're playing better than expected. Barry Trotz has them uh, as a respectable, not good team. You know, they're. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're... Wait, what did you call them? A defensible, not good team? A respectable, not good team. Oh, okay. Um, um, so you know trots hasn't playing well enough they they're playing with some <laughs> that guy's name sounds like a stomach issue <laughs> he got the trots uh but speaking of which that <laughs> speaking of stomach issues this team makes me sick no no um but uh flyers twitter they they would love to see hacksaw gone there is a new cry for hextall going you know, trading away the quote-unquote core, like just, you know, people have had enough. Um, personally, where I'm standing, I am now on the Fire Hackstall bandwagon. I think the team has quit on them. Yeah, I think we have to be at this point. So what's, that. what's if, I mean, if that seems like the inevitable thing, what's the interesting hire, Chuck? Who's that? Who's out there that we could bring in that can actually salvage this team? Uh, 
Well, I, I, I think I, I think they'll hire from within either uh, Knobloch, and I'm blanking on his first name, who's on the bench right now, who was uh, the head coach for the Erie Otters when Connor McDavid was there. Um, they brought him on last season, I think, uh, as a bench presence. And uh, I immediately went, I'm like, okay, well, Hacksaw, here's your replacement if you if you don't work out. Uh, also, However, his name does not end in stall, so qualify. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Ha- it's easy to sift through the resumes when that's what you're looking for, right? <laughs> Their names have to sound similar, but. <laughs> Um, how about Scott Gordon? Um, I think it's Scott. What uh, the Phantoms coach? He's actually done a really nice job. I would imagine if Hackstall goes, uh, Gordon would be the next up on an interim basis. It's a shame because that's the point I was getting to with Barry Trotz. I wasn't somebody who was like fire Hackstall over the summer. People just hate the dude. Um, but when Barry Trotz became available because of a you know a fluke in his contract i was like yeah fire him bring me barry trots bring him right now you know i was hoping for um minnesota to have a worse start than they did so we can get um uh bruce boudreau out of there he'd be a great hire i don't want dan bilesma um dan bilesma is probably the biggest name coach to sort of sitting without a job i i don't want him uh i guess lindy ruff is out there too don't want lindy ruff so right now I'd prefer to hire with from within. And I think it's it's not gonna happen now, but if we have a abysmal West Coast trip, which is a real possibility, I, I think I, I think um a coaching change will be coming. What is it about hockey coaches that makes it kind of like this 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 thing that immediately that's things are bad fire the coach like more so than even any of the other major f- sports i feel like hockey coaches is fan fan base is just they they get blood in their eyes when they see you know teams playing bad get the coach uh i don't really i don't have a really good answer for that because as a flyers fan who you know lived through the bobby clark era of general management like it's just what happened (laughs) it's like roger nielsen sorry you have cancer but you're out you know like you know wayne cashman gone you know bill barber gone like the you know the the flyers change coaches a lot um i i I don't know what it is it's just i guess player management maybe it comes from having a, a bigger roster than other sports or a bigger roster where players are involved on such a constant basis that seems like you're always doing the thing of oscillating between the hard ass and the nice guy, the players coach and the tough guy coach, which happens a lot in baseball. I feel like Hackstall should be a good fit for this team because they're a relatively young team. He comes from like an academic environment. You know, it's kind of like a guy that's going to be educating these players a little bit. I don't see why he suddenly become why, how he managed to lose the locker room. Well, it's not suddenly it's we're in year four. I mean, and so maybe that goes to your point, Gene, you know, being in a job four years without, you know, a lot of success is a big rarity in hockey. And I think he's, 
he has worked with the kids and the kids have improved. I know a lot of, uh, I always hate the argument. Oh, they improved in spite of Haxall. Like we just don't have enough evidence to make that, you know, distinction as to whether he's helping them or hurting them. All we can look at is the on the ice progress, uh, progress, but the kids have looked good. The kids have progressed, but the sloppy play, the awful decisions, the, the defeatism in this team, you know, we give up one goal and it's like, throw up your arms and it's like well game's over from a team that was scoring a hell of a lot in the first two weeks of the season so it he's just lost them like i guess they he's talking and they're not listening so you know well and then you got hextall who's uh i don't know what so bobby clark was in the was in the box with him uh for the islanders game yeah and then he had some sort of strange meeting with Dave Scott, the president of uh, Comcast Spectacor this week also. Uh, do we think anything uh, – is there anything to read out of that? I would say no on Bobby Clark. I think Bobby Clark still has an official role with the organization. He's so like, it could – I still just want to hang around and watch some hockey with you. <laughs> Wait, is it Burgess Meredith? <laughs> no, no, no. He always makes me like a dirty Harry type of like hawk. Like, I got my, I got a clenched jaw all the time. Okay. That's how he keeps his dentures in. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what I'm. Getting. I don't I'm think thinking. that guy's got a real tooth in his whole face. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But I was enjoying the penguin as Bobby Clark. <laughs> We're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. Hexy, <laughs> you got to optimize your lineup. <laughs> I think that sounds like it. That's good. I've been working all my life for that. <laughs> no, but I, I don't read anything into Bobby Clark being there. Um, the Comcast exec, I actually do. I think that is sort of like showing that they're more, you know, that it's not hands off just because Ed Snyder's dead. Um, I don't think Hexel's in any hot water. I can't imagine it. You you get to change one coach, you know, you you know, the the team was going through a rebuild. Now this is the year we should be taking the step forward and we're not. Right. But I, I can't imagine I, I'd be pissed if they fired Hexel. I think it was probably maybe it's more like they're kind of putting pressure on him to m- fire Hackstall. That is kind of what I feel was you see, starting to see the higher ups being like, "All right, Ron, like we'll come down if this is the guy you've got. You you got his back, but you know, I, we just want you to know that maybe it's time to make a move." Yeah, and I agree with that. I I think I think that's there of going like, "Hey, we're watching. We're not happy," and and some people think that Hexel's just gonna blindly stand by Hackstall. I mean. Hexel's a stubborn bastard, so that could be the my only concern of the if enough people tell him like Hexel's got to go, Hex is just gonna go. Nope, fight me. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> like, like uh, I was gonna fire him yesterday, but since you want me to, I'm not gonna let him go. But I, I I'm not concerned um, with Hexel making the right decision. And if they do look like crap on this West Coast trip, you know, fire him before the Arizona game and and see what happens so who do so, we have coming up this week then we have um i know we have the of colorado again i uh, know we have the three california teams so la who la's been bad la's been bad um san jose's been good anaheim's yeah, san not jose been great beat the hell out of us here what's what 
San Jose beat the hell out of us here. Yeah, and they'll probably beat the hell out of us there too. Um, Kings, I don't have confidence Flyers can beat anybody right now. You know, if they have now, a good this is a team, this is a team that before the season you picked to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and I still believe there's a ton of talent on the team. Oh yeah, I I think they're a good team. I think that they can still go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I still think right now that our twelve forwards are as good as anybody else. Who's our goalie? Who should be playing goal? Who's the goaltender? Uh, Neuvert and Elliott. Like in that order. It, right now in that order, although. Saturday's game wasn't that inspiring for for Neuvert, but I think he's and that was the... our magical Saturday one o'clock game. We're supposed to be good at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We said last week that that's our time, and then when we play, we, we lost. Yeah, well, we didn't beat anybody this week, and we looked bad <laughs> in pretty much every game. Yep. Um the the Boston game we looked good until we left two goals, and then we just looked lost. Uh, Islanders we looked up good and good until we left one goal, and that wasn't terribly long into the game and then we look lost so upcoming it's tuesday anaheim thursday kings saturday sharks i uh, ron we gave you gritty <laughs> why are there so many empty seats in the building so chuck Come on, ron. <laughs> does chuck is it is it one in three saves hackstall's job oh and three loses the job like do we have to we we got to win one to save his job well, there's a fourth game out in Arizona uh, afterwards. I, not gonna I, I only, I'll tell you right now, he's not going to make it. I, I think he's not going to make it. I, if we win one game, it comes down to how do we win it? If we are this scrambly team that are that's you know unable to maintain possession in our zone, like to to keep them from breaking out constantly i i think i think he's gone if they have a great three games or very good three games against the california teams i think hackstall has bought himself another two weeks but i i think he's got to turn he should be hearing the internal clock right he should be hearing the timer in the background oh he already is some of the comments he's been making in the media of you know it's like time to sack up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you know coming from academia like you mentioned that's a really classy turn of phrase but no he he's he's already feeling the heat which is not something i felt in the past so Wait, can i he tell them to hack up i know it's right there and a lot of people immediately turn that around to sack hack you know, uh, you know, hacking yeah. something up too isn't doesn't really have a good. <laughs> yeah, no, same, same time. <laughs> uh, dudes, dudes, it's it's eleven o'clock at night when we're recording this on a Sunday night, um, and we're in the ninth inning of a baseball game that could conceivably end before midnight, which would be a miracle in itself. Um, but I the thought Red we Sox had to go current... seven and a half hours every night. That was I thought the yeah. rule. <laughs> The Red Sox are smashing the Dodgers right now. The Red Sox are going to be a World Series champion this uh, this year. It seems like it was inevitable. Who five. Someone had. I think it was Gene. Yeah, I had I had Red Sox in five. I thought I that I, I almost basically could have could have drawn this out. I thought that the the game that the Dodgers were going to get was was the first was Game Three was the first game in Los Angeles. It took them eighteen innings. Yeah, they barely got it. How much of that game did you watch? I tapped out at the eleventh. 
I think I, this and is I the, think it went on for another two hours after that. I'm I'm not sure I've watched. Um, I, I'm not sure there's another World Series I've watched less of than this one. I know that there's one I watched less of because I know I watched zero of one of them. Subway series. The Subway series. I watched zero <laughs> innings of the Subway series. Talk about something I had no interest in. So, Gene, you brought something up today. I did. So, one of the things that was floating around the uh, the Twitterverse today was one Chase Utley, who is not on the playoff roster for the Los Angeles Dodgers, was at practice today, or was at batting practice today, taking grounders. So, I mean, of course. Why is he doing that? Because he's Chase Utley. Because of course he is. <laughs> today, roster. today is probably the last game of his career, and you wake up and you're Chase Utley, and you go, "I, I, I gotta go field grounders, man. Like this is my, this is the last time I'm gonna be able to go to batting practice and field grounders as a major, as a major league player." Like, so as of um, the, the end of this inning, Chase Utley will no longer be a, a professional baseball player. Right. Do you? I think we should. I think we should like. Um... I don't know. Mem- memorialize this moment. Do you, do either of you have a particularly fond Chase Utley moment you'd like to share? I don't mean like we're eulogizing him or anything. <laughs> I I mean, I I know the obvious one is you know world fucking champions. Um, I I would say from the All Star game earlier that year. Boo! Fuck you. <laughs> um a good one on the field no i and it, I, I mean so many little things are like popping in my head but yeah i i it's just really day in day out chase utley and you know the the little plays that he would make just sort of the the hop when he threw the ball to first you know just, just like every little elbow dip to get that hit yeah. by pitch <laughs> yeah it's I, I i mean not to romanticize it too much but the look in his eye when he went out there it was it was just like brian dawkins you know you want to say you know there's some kid who wants to grow up be an athlete you go look at that guy look at the determination everything he does screams the only thing he wants to do is play baseball and well it's he, he always was a sunny letter i mean as no. much as, as i mean just like as funny as that was the reason yeah. why it was so funny is because, like, yes, that's a parody of, like, exactly what I want to say to Chase Utley. Right. <laughs> I think that there have been very few players you can remotely compare maybe anywhere else in in professional sports to the the love affair that this city has had with, with that player. Maybe Dawkins is kind of the equivalent with – I mean, I, I really yeah. feel like Brian Dawkins could run for mayor of of Philadelphia, and he would win in a landslide. Uh, and he also had that stretch where he left and went and finished his career someplace else, but he is forever an eagle. And I feel like, yes, Chase Utley is going to finish his, his career, I think kind of appropriately, on the field of a World Series. You know, Unfortunately, he's not going to be able – he wasn't on the roster, but – you know, can the only other thing person maybe I could think of would be, you know, he's the equivalent of I guess like, Al, not a Rod, uh, Derek Jeter is in in, in New York, you know, mm, of a, a mod call. a modern Yankee, um, yeah. you know, the, the only other Phillies I would compare him to is Mike Schmidt, but Mike Schmidt had a complicated relationship with 
the Phillies fans. So did Steve Carlton. They had complicated yep. relationships with Phillies fan. There is nothing complicated about the relationship between Phillies fans and Chase Utley. It is we love him. He can do no wrong. Period. End of story. Like he, yeah. we, we, there is a part of a stadium in New York, another field in the division that is called Utley's Corner because he owns it. You know, <laughs> you know what the thing? The thing is, is and and you know. Uh, Schmidt would have been like that. Carlton would have been like that too. But the 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 beautiful thing about Chase Utley is that he never. It's like he never used that to his advantage against us. He never manipulated his relationship with us. It was always like, yeah, I just play baseball and I just play it really hard and it's what I love to do. And like, thank you for appreciating that. Right. And the thing that is incredible, kind of like what Chuck brought up, is you know you think of him kind of generally as a quiet dude, but when he spoke, you, we remember every word he said. Like everybody, that's why he's in Los Angeles right now. If he wasn't that guy that could go into a locker room and be like, "You're going to go out there and you're going to win," and that's all he would have to say, and everybody'd be like, "Yeah, Chase said we're going to win. We're going to do it." Well, you I know? think my uh, my favorite Chase Utley. I mean, we could talk about the pump fake in the in the World Series mm-hmm. and, and the the nine home runs or the eight home runs in, in the Oh nine uh, world series. And wasn't his uh, first hit as a Philly a home run too. Didn't he? The grand is, slam. He's a grand slam. Like his yeah. very first at bat. I'm yeah. But for me, it was, you know, more personal. And I think we were all there for it. Um, when we knew, like we knew what he was before he was what he was. And we went to that home opener uh, where, Sorry, Placido Polanco, like you're a cool <laughs> dude and all. Um, but we basically booed the decision that he was starting. He was our starting second baseman uh, for that year. And just, just the entire ballpark knew and just kind of booed Placido Polanco because we all <laughs> knew, like we knew what Chase Utley was and what he was going to be. And um, I just think it's funny that the fans picked up on that before. Well, nobody <laughs> the managers did. And the, nobody has know. respect for anybody that wears a helmet that large. <laughs> he has a big head, man. That is, a, that is a massive dome, sir. And you can't see it, but he did that thing where he would like clench his teeth. Well, it's because of the pressure on his cranium. <laughs> he would, when he took a like his warm up swing, so it was just ah, but without the sound, just the clenched teeth. Ah. <laughs> like All Gene right. said, you have to even out that pressure, keep that head inflated. Chase Utley, we love you. Um. Hey, real quick, I want to talk about the union for just a second. I don't know if you guys are following them at all. I have all, been but... the last couple of weeks, actually. Right. So we clinched the playoff spot. Uh, and then three promptly weeks started ago. to suck. And then all we had to do was win one of the last two games to get a home playoff game in the knockout round. Um, and we lost to both the Red Bulls and the uh, NYCFC. Uh, which was today. So we blew our opportunity for that. So um, the, next week we have to go to New York and play NYCFC again but with the knockout round. Yeah, so I know so. a lot of people aren't like up on like union news. So just let you know that we do have a Philadelphia team in the playoffs. And it's a big um, deal because they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. So it would be really great to see them uh, kind of get out of the knockout yeah, phase. Yeah. I don't think they've ever gotten out of the knockout phase. No, I don't think so. Either. They've been in some cup games. Like, there is some, you know, they don't have a... Yeah, a that, what is that? That gold cup? Is that what it is? They are really good at that particular competition. They I think really they are. I they... think they've been in that, <laughs> that, 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 that 
particular competition's championship, I think, three times. I don't know that they've ever won it, but I think they've gotten literally to the championship game three I times. I know we lost to the Sounders, I think, two years at ago. At home, yeah. Yeah. All right, but that's enough union talk. <laughs> <laughs> we just pulled in a bunch of sons of Ben. <laughs> yes. We're huge in doop, the sons doop, of Ben. Doop, 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 doop. Yeah. All right, well, if we don't have anything else, I think it's time to visit Chuck's Penalty Box. Oh, that whistle sounds great. That whistle sounds great. Um, I did. I did. So we'll start with you, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? Oh, I wasn't ready to go first. All right, hold on. All right, so in my penalty box this week, I'm putting Helen Jim in my penalty box. Who is Helen Jim, you might ask? Well, she is a Philadelphia councilwoman, and she sent out this tweet to at Gritty NHL, unexpectedly captured our hearts and minds as a righteous leftist icon. Today, we are welcome his monsterly spirit uh, with a resolution in the Philadelphia Council. Do not politicize Gritty. (laughs) Gritty transcends party lines. He's Gritty old... is for everyone. He's a leftist? Uh, who made that up? We don't know Gritty's political affiliation. But I don't think if you have a conservative mindset, you should be deprived of access to Gritty. So for that reason, I'm putting Helen Jim in my in my uh, penalty box. Okay, so... Thank you, Dave. So Helen Jin is getting a 10-minute game misconduct for politicizing a puppet. Get her Um, out of there! I I like the alliteration there, Chuck. I I try. I try. I I put a little effort in this. Uh, Speaking of putting effort into this, uh, Gene, who is in your penalty box this week? All right, so I'm going to read something to you, and you tell me who you think said this quote about Ryan Madsen. Dodgers relief pitcher Ryan Madsen. Watching the Dodgers Red Sox final innings, it is amazing how a manager takes out a pitcher who is loose and dominating through almost seven innings. Rich Hill of the Dodgers and brings in nervous relievers who get shellacked. Four run lead gone. Managers do it all the time. Big mistake. Sad. Fake news. <laughs> yes. I saw that tweet as well. And I was all over it because I was like, holy crap. The president is tweeting about Ryan Madsen. He's got nothing better to do than tweet about Ryan Madsen. He's gone in the penalty box. <laughs> and Madsen is a Trump supporter. He oh, is, is he? He is. He is pro wall. Um, and then, Jake the Snake? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I feel like that bullpen probably has a lot of red hats, that 08 bullpen, right? And not uh, just their Phillies caps. <laughs> uh, all right. So the president. Chad Durbin uh, never voted for a woman. I just I just can't imagine that that happened. Yeah, probably factually correct. Yeah, that's oh, that's painfully true. Um so the president is going into the penalty box. Uh, he is being indicted, but unfortunately the charges don't stick. So the president is out of the penalty box. Sorry, June. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So I am putting in a lot of people to the penalty box. Oh. This, is, this play was a kind of a mess. A crowded so, box. Yeah. So first two going in. 
minors to both of them, Coca-Cola and the NFL. Because Halloween is coming up this week. Happy Halloween, everybody. But is an underutilized like sports holiday. There's no games played on Halloween. The biggest thing I connected to Halloween was the Monsters of the Gridiron promotional series. Where oh, yeah, know, right? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. For some reason, like Ronnie Lott was like a cobra or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Randall Cunningham was Rocket Man, which wasn't quite a ro- uh, wasn't quite a monster. Like some guy in my high school, like went to a vending machine and got a Coke, but instead of a Coke, it was a T-shirt and a can, and gave him a dollar to buy another Coke. And it was the coolest thing I've seen That's in my awesome. life. I know. <laughs> Who was that? And I, I remember seeing a special on it. And no, every- it was awesome that Coke was only a dollar. Oh, <laughs> it was less than a dollar. It was like sixty-five cents before they started taxing things that were horrible for you um save but, us from ourselves government <laughs> man this, pretty when you do. <laughs> this show is just going like it's like crossfire with potadelphia <laughs> um sorry but no um so every year every year i keep an eye out for this and it was such a great marketing thing and i wonder is this going to be the year that they did it? Uh, Red Sox are World Series champions. Real quick. They just won the Boston. World Series. Um, marga, marga, marga. <laughs> never mind. But <laughs> Every year I check and every year I wonder, are they going to do it again this year? They only did it two years. 1993 and 1994. So, well, but it left such an indelible mark on you. Yeah, but the person who's getting the major is me. I'm getting I'm getting a five minute major for not properly recognizing the passage of time. Uh, Coke is getting two minutes for a mismarketing opportunity. Uh, the NFL is getting two minutes for not properly utilizing Halloween, but it's a crowded penalty box for me today. All right. I think that's a full show for today. That's all the time we have. Um, if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe. Um, and if you could find it in, uh, in your hearts to, uh, to give us a review and uh, add some stars to your iTunes review, that would be great. Um, while you're at it, please check out the Whip Around podcast this week. We have a, a, a spooky Halloween episode um, coming out. Uh, some, uh, some wacky news stories uh, for you about Halloween. Um, Let's see. And what else? Oh, check out our YouTube channel, our brand spanking new YouTube channel. And um, other than that, have a great day at work. We'll see you next week for the bye week. Bye bye for the bye week. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Have a lovely afternoon.